This episode is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. And I know, I know another ad, right? But I personally use Dollar Shave Club all the time and have been using them for years. Uh, I remembered I would always buy the disposable razors and I would they wouldn't last. They would cut you. And then when you would get the more expensive ones, they they were just really expensive and you had to keep buying them until I came across Dollar Shave Club. Then, you know, it changed the game forever with razors. And now they offer way more than just razor. They offer skincare products, hair care products, hair stuff, gel, pomade, you name it. They offer a whole variety of different products. I mean, you don't believe me? Go give them a try and then you'll love them. Click the link in each episode and or our bio and you'll love them. You're going to be helping the podcast. Or if you want to help the podcast too, if you are if you go over to Anchor FM, there's a donation button. You can sign up, donate every month. Uh, thank you guys to the people who have signed up and continue to donate. I truly appreciate it. So click the link. Go check out Dollar Shave Club and let's get into your episode. This is your boy, the one with the Scarface Space Support Scarface. And today we got a special guest. Uh, it's, a, it's a sad story, but she's doing a lot better. And I'm glad she was able to come on just so she could share her story and help other girls or even guys that are going through a similar situation because uh, we may never, never know. I didn't know she was going through this at the time, you know what I mean? And she was telling me about it and I'm like, wow, you know, because a lot of people just hold it in and, and not really say anything so i had to bring rod because you know she wanted rod to be here and he's an excellent co-host what's up rod? thank you how's it going but we have cassandra on the podcast today what's up cassandra hi guys (laughs) yeah uh, i remember when you were telling me about your situation and i was pretty much mind blown just because until you know somebody who actually went through some similar situation you really like don't know the the extent that some of these things go to, and then you were sending, you showing me pictures, you were showing me videos, and I'm like, wow, you know, it, it, it got pretty bad, but now you're in a whole better, like, mindset, uh, emotionally, you know. We postponed this, like, actually a couple times now, just because, you know, yes. you weren't ready to talk and about it, but I'm glad you, you're here to, you're talking about it. It's going to be tough. It's going to be probably a sad podcast, but... It's also going to be an inspiration. It's important, too. I think it's just important to get that kind of word out. Like you said, I mean, you don't realize when people are going through that. I've known Cassandra forever, and and I had no idea. Yeah. And it's like... Like, I want people to get to know you a little bit, right? So, are you mm-hmm. from Idaho? I Well, when people ask me if I'm from Idaho, I was actually born in Cali. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was, like, three, my parents moved us to Roberts, and I grew up there until I was like 20 I moved to Idle Falls when I was 21 I came to Denver okay and so during this time like when did you meet this guy where this all situation was it here or was it in Denver so I actually um I met him here in Denver I um was about I'm trying to think. I don't know, but it was like three years ago I met him. I actually was married. Mm. Um, I met my my ex-husband in Idaho. We got married and moved to Denver. Um, a couple of years after my son was born, we got divorced. And um, a couple of years after that, I met this guy. So basically in the beginning, he was uh, typical, like 
I'm trying to probably get like charming, probably yeah. super kind and sweet. He so the thing about this situation and this kind of man, he was unlike anybody I had dated before. Um, uh, after my divorce, um, you know, I did date a couple of guys. I met, um, and I didn't, I wasn't in any serious relationship, but it was, he was different from those in the sense that it was, um, it was like a dream come true. Um, we met downtown. Um, I saw him in line while we're getting it. It's like, it's almost like a movie or, or like a music video. I saw him in line while we were um, going into a club. We connected, we exchanged information and it was like, he was the man of my dreams. He was handsome. He was um, charming. Even when I saw him in the club, like girls were looking at him um, and he was, you know, looking at me. And then on top of him being charming and everything, he was like this exotic guy because um, he's European. He's actually Turkish. Mm. And I was like, oh, damn, like, <laughs> let, let, let me get to know him. And it just made it all the more exciting. But it also um, made it it's what I guess attracted me, me to him more and eventually made it harder to leave. OK, so. So you guys started talking, you guys started maybe dating, going out and things like that, right? Did you ever get like a, was there ever a red flag before was like, oh, he did this, but nah, I'll forget about it. So with, um, again, with this type of situation, um, it is very, very gradual. And within, because I, I, I truly believe this from my I don't, I guess, self-research. It's part of my healing was to find out why he was the way he was. Um, it wasn't a typical, oh, this guy's a douchebag and he treats me bad, but he's still somewhat normal. No, he um, he has what I believe is, is narcissistic personality disorder. It's a actual like psychological disorder. Men can get, men and women can get treated for it. It's, um, it's, it's pretty crazy. And with him, um, him being the perfect guy, the guy I always wanted, he charmed me, made me fall in love with him. Like we spent, as, as soon as we started dating, we spent 24 seven together. He would stay at my place. He, um, he had me meet his family very quickly. Um, he would tell me things, um, which should have been a red flag. But he would tell me things like, you're not like my ex. You're so much sweeter. You're a good person. I'm so glad I found you. I'm so glad to be loved by you. So when the abuse did, um, he, it was very sneaky. It was very small things. And it wasn't abusive at first. It was um, one of the things I noticed about him is he was very grandiose. He was very um, full of himself. And he would make little comments here and there, even about his own friends, his own family. And then eventually it turned into me and the abuse. Um, it was small things at first. He would get angry and break things like he would. And um, I would note it, but I was, and I would be like, no, well, like we're going to work on it. It's fine. Um, I know I should have, I should have, I should have got away. I should have, that should have been it. Um but it was just so, so small that I, I would just let go. I would just let it go. And well, by time that, leave me. So would, would he do like little things like that to you and then apologize right after? So you would be like, oh, yeah, yes. he didn't mean it. 
And so yeah, it got absolutely. you into that he would frame. Apologize and then just got you into that frame of thinking that it's to, okay. It's okay to be mad and you just let it go. Let shit slide. Yeah, it, Exactly. And exactly. And like I said, it didn't start with physical. It started with little things. He would break things and then um, he would apologize and he would go back to the, oh, you're nothing like my ex. You're you're an angel to me. You're, I need you in my life and I'm sorry for treating you this way. I'm going to do better. Like, so that's so when that's were, what he would say. When was this like how long into you guys dating did this like little things start happening? Um, so the another another red flag and another huge thing with narcissists and this kind of situation is they will they will move in very quickly. He moved in with me within like two weeks of us dating. Um, he started breaking things maybe two months into us dating. Damn. Like it, it was That's yeah, quick. it was quick and um, just. I, I just, I would just let it go. And the abuse started maybe a couple of months after that. And, um, and w- like I said, it wasn't like full on beatings yet. Okay. So it was mainly like, uh, more of like emotional abuse, you know, like telling you exactly. things, uh, breaking things. And then you, would you feel like it was your fault at the time? That you- um, I, yeah, I felt like, Oh, if I hadn't pushed, I, I wouldn't push him. I wouldn't. I'm not the type of girl to be like, get in your face. So like, can, can I curse? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't be like, bitch, like our motherfucker. Like I would never speak to him that way. My issue and my, where I felt like I had fault is I was very emotional. Um, when, another part with, of when we met, um, I was going through a really rough time. Um, I had roommates with me who weren't helping me with things. I had just gotten my divorce a couple of years, a couple of years prior and I was still dealing with that. And so I was very emotional and I told him, I've seen a therapist. I have depression. I have anxiety. I have PTSD due, due to a family event that had happened. And so I was very emotional. And when he would start to fight with me, I would get very emotional and I would cry. And he would tell me, calm the fuck down. You're like, you're triggered. Like, what would he say? Stop fucking crying. Stop fucking crying. I'm not even being mean to you. And he would, it would progress. And after the situation would happen, I would think to myself, like, oh, if I could have kept myself calm, I could have calmed him down. Like I said, you would think it was your fault. So, like, it's different living in that situation because some people are like, well, why didn't you just leave? You know, it's mm-hmm. it's really not that hard or it's really actually pretty hard because at the time when you're in it, 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 it it's, feels differently. It's just confusing. You start you start even if you don't exactly think that it's your fault, you start saying, well, maybe if I hadn't done this or. Or maybe it was my fault. Maybe he's right. Maybe I should calm the fuck down, even though he's not right. Yeah. You start thinking that. Yeah, exactly. And with, I know people think that. I know people are like, and people told me, why didn't you just walk away at the first sign? But what they don't understand is that when you get involved with a person like this, um, unfortunately, I was the perfect victim. I had my emotional shit going on. I had my, my problems. He loved on me. Like he was, he made it. Like I, I, like I said before, like, like we were a perfect couple and then, um, and then he would just, it's, it's so hard and it's so intricate. It's, there's so much behind it. There's so much manipulation. And another thing that would happen that made it very difficult to leave was they, these type of people, narcissists, they make it so that you doubt yourself. 
they not not only do you doubt yourself, you doubt your your own sanity. And it's one of the most cruelest things that they do to you because he would do things to me that make me to make me doubt myself and therefore let go of what he had just done. Um, like the um, I sent Edgar a video and where it was a situation where a pair of keys were lost. Oh yeah. And he he lost the keys. He hid the keys. He had the keys in his coat pocket. I actually ended up finding it, but it turned into a whole argument of where these keys were. And it was just him using that so that I would doubt myself. And um, therefore he could get away with things. And when we would have arguments or situations afterwards, he'd be like, well, you said this, you did this to me. If you didn't do this to me or said this to me. And I would be like, wait, I don't, I don't recall saying that. And then he would, he would be so persistent with it. I'd be like, oh shit, you know, maybe I did say something. Maybe I did push him or maybe I did um, do something to cause him to explode even more and therefore it's my fault and therefore I, have, I just let that situation go. Okay, so so what I'm going to do is I'm going to play, you're, I don't think you're going to be able to hear it, but I want people to hear just a little bit of what he, he was doing. Hold on, so. What's being rude? You go and fucking eat. What's being rude? You go eat. No, I'm just trying to explain it because you tell me, hey, last time I remember you take the key. Mm-hmm. I didn't take your fucking key. I didn't say. I didn't you. take your own fucking key. I didn't say you. You lost the key. I'm you okay, you lost something. Ah, so you lost the key. Then you come to that person and you tell, hey, last time I remember it was with you. And you lost the key. I didn't touch your fucking G key. I didn't touch this key. Yeah, both of the keys. Okay. So you lost them. It's not my problem. You lost. So. Basically, on that little clip, you, you you mentioned it earlier that you had hit the key, or what what happened with, with the keys? So what had happened is I had just got a new vehicle, and um, there's two sets of keys, and um, I I asked him, well, where? Because he drove it. I asked him like, where'd you put the key? And I didn't even ask him like rudely, and he told me, oh, I don't know. And I was like, but you had the key. And then, I mean, that set him off. That set him off. And that's when he starts going off. And he's like, no, you had the key. And I would try to, like, reason with him. You can hear me trying to reason with him. And eventually, I just collapse under his his persistence. Like, you can hear him persistent. Like, you had the key. And I was like, okay, I'm not okay, I'm not saying you had the key. And um, like I said, it was just a manipulation tactic. So I would, I would doubt myself. And after that, after I stopped recording, I actually grabbed his jacket and I put my hand in it and I just looked at him and he just looked at me and the key like sorry no and the key was in there the key was in there oh wow and he had that jacket on he had that jacket on and um after he took it off I went and I I put my hand inside of it and what did what did he did he say anything after that or he just nope blew it off i we, we literally locked eyes and then just walked away and just pretended like nothing happened see i think what that really shows is the kind of person they these people prey on is someone like you someone that's gonna just not gonna say much not gonna be too outspoken because that's some other outspoken woman's gonna be like look you dumb motherfucker there's the keys it's gonna turn exactly. into another thing but he knows he knew he's not gonna fuck with that kind of girl he's gonna fuck with someone like you who he knows isn't that outspoken and he's not going to exactly. do that to someone that's going like, to fucking bark back that's at That's why him. I said I, I feel um, like I hate to say it this way, but I felt like the perfect prey. Yeah. So so during this time, like, so I want people to get to know, because you know how people will be like, oh, you should have just left, which is the most common thing. Like, yeah, you should have just left. How were you like 
feeling during those times? Were you were you blaming yourself? Were you like, oh, it'll get better? Or like, what's going on through your head? There, it, there was so much entanglement. Um, another thing that happened with us is, um, which made it harder. So we have the whole part where he made me feel like, oh, we're meant to be. He literally made me feel like we were soulmates. Like I literally felt like I had find, found my person because he made it so great in the beginning. And um, uh, a, a couple months into us dating, we got into a car accident. Um, we, and this, I, I, telling this story, I know you're going to hear it and be like, you should have left then, but it's, it has a lot to do with it. And it has a lot of, to do with him making me guilt, feel guilty and me staying also. Um, we, I was driving his car and we got into an argument because I was going to break up with him and I was taking him home to his house to his family's house. And, um, he was yelling. He started to yell at me. It was raining. It was dark. And at one point he started to put his hands on the wheel. Mind you, this is his, this is his car. And, um, at one point we came to a stop sign. I didn't see the stop sign. I didn't stop in time. And we ended up wrecking. I totaled his car. Um, and I kind of wrecked into a police officer. It was a police sheriff. Oh, dang. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. So that was my first car accident. Um, when it happened, his family showed up and they were like, they didn't blame me. They were actually really nice about it. And we're like, we're so sorry. We're, we'll help you with any legal stuff. Um, and um, he ended up getting taken away by the police for a completely different reason. Um, and which is actually like crazy. That's a story in itself. But after that, he went to jail for a couple of days and he came out and he showed up at my house and he he cried to me. He literally fell into my arms and cried to me and was like, you didn't deserve that. You're the best thing to ever happen to me. And this guy, the, the thing about my ex is he's a big bodybuilder muscle. like, And to see him cry like that and tell me, like, again, you're the best thing that ever happened to me. You're better than my ex. You're an angel. I'm going to make it up to you. We're going to make this life together. And um, the car accident was a continuous tool throughout the relationship. And it, and it turned into a guilt trip to me because he wasn't able, he didn't have a car and he would tell me, well, um, we need to fucking get, we need to get me a new car. You, we, I don't have a car because of you. And so that guilt um, was also what helped me, what made me, or I don't know how you would say it, stay in the relationship because not only was I in love with this man, I felt that I needed to help him for what I had, I had done, even though it was his fault. Mm -hmm. So w would he use this like throughout your relationship too? Like, Oh, like, Oh, you owe me a car or like, remember what you did to me? Like you. Yes. Damn. That's pretty. Funny. Yeah. And I, I forgot to send that audio to you. Oh, there's that. I forgot to send that, that audio to you. I have him. There's an audio and where he um, he tells me um, that that he it was in a moment of anger too, and he told me that he was gonna fuck me up for taking his car. And I also had a fear of him and his family because um, I um, know I just heard of like legal shit he would get into with his ex, and I knew he got out of it. And I assumed his family helped them. His family. His sister in particular is very well, not wealthy, very well off there. They have um, a very beautiful home. They own a very successful business in Denver and they're they're pretty well known people. So I 
when he would go off and tell me, well, you fucked up my car. I must see you in court. Um, it would scare me. Mm-hmm. It would scare me. And then after that, he would turn into the charming man that I loved. And I'm sorry. You know what? I'm going to get my car. Once I get my car, I'm going to make I'm going to work and I'm going to make everything up to you and I'm going to give you everything you deserve. So and then that would put you in the whole different in that mindset like, oh, he's going to change. He's going to do better. Absolutely. So when did the actual physical abuse come into play? Um, so the actual physical abuse came into play. The, the earliest memory I have of it. Well, let me back up. So we would we would get into arguments and he would grab me a little too hard or he would shove me a little too hard. And that's when I got little scratches, little bruises, like the pictures I sent you. Yeah. And um, after that would happen, I would I I'm I'm glad I had enough sense to take pictures and record everything. Uh, but after that would happen, I would think to myself, well, it's not so bad. And then the the guilt of, oh, maybe I pushed him too hard or he would say that I pushed him too hard. And I think, oh, I probably did that to him, too. OK, this is then it's OK. Then it's OK. It would justify it. Um, the actual first time he hit me, full on hit me, um, he, we were both drinking and that's also why I let it go. And I don't remember what exactly he, he said that set me off, but I do remember yelling or something back to where it progressed. And then finally he, I remember he slapped me. It was a slap. It started with a slap. And I remember just sitting there frozen, like, oh, my God, what what just happened? And after it happened, we just stood quiet. We went home and we went to bed like we just let it go. And the next day I, I went to look for marks and I had some bruising on the side of my mouth. But I justified it. We were both drinking. I got out of hand. It's 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 fine. And then he, of course, turned on his charm and we're going to work on this and let's just let it go. And uh, it progressed. It, I I was that girl who was like, oh, it's, it's going to be fine. It's not going to get worse. It, but it did progress. How far along into the relationship was that the first time that he slapped you? Um, it was the winter. So we started dating in the summer. So I would say about five, six months. Dang. That's quick. Yeah, that, that's really quick. Mm-hmm. So you, you said you're going to justify it to the alcohol. Okay. You know, like. We've all drank. Yeah, we've all like, oh, we're, we're fucked up. It's no big deal. Uh, did you ever, in your previous relationships, ever get abused, like physically? No. Um, all of my, this is why I think it was so hard with this relationship. Was, it was so new to me. Mm-hmm. Abuse was so new that I didn't, I didn't know the signs. I, you know, we, we, as women, we grow up hearing about stuff and in our minds, we form this bad guy in our head. And if we see this bad guy and, then, oh, we know this is abuse, run away. Um, I, in my prior relationships, I had no experience with this type of manipulation or abuse. So I think that's what made it a lot harder to leave. So that was an open hand slap, right? So when did it yeah. start getting worse to, to the point where it was like closed fist? Um, closed fist, I, I don't remember what caused the first closed fist Um hit i do remember that it was after that video i sent you where you can see my apartment was destroyed Mm -hmm. um um do you remember what set that off like i'm i'm thinking and it had to have been either i took his phone and was trying to see if he was talking to other girls or i was trying to leave 
my apartment because we and an argument would ensue because a lot of my physical abuse came from situations where I was trying to leave. Mm-hmm. I was trying to leave. I was trying to leave. I was ca- trying to call the police. So I had to have been one of those situations. Like I can't remember exactly the first time he he full on punched me, but I do know that it was in the face. It was, I ended up getting a black eye and yeah, like <laughs> how did just really hard to talk to talk about i mean yeah yeah i mean it makes sense i'm sorry go ahead i I was showing rod pictures of your black eyes and you know in some pictures you both your eyes were black so um yeah like what are you thinking at that time like um, what i mean by that is like did, did you feel like you deserved to get hit or like what's going on through your head i i knew i did it I knew I did it. I knew it was wrong, which is why I took pictures. And this is something I want to tell anybody in a, in, a, in a situation now. If you feel like your relationship is off now, please take pictures, document um, how you're feeling. I, used, I actually have videos of myself talking to myself and I'm just going over like what I'm feeling in the moment. And because I knew I knew it was wrong. I knew it was wrong. I just was so in love with this guy and so, so trying to fix it the relationship was me trying to fix it that i i i don't know i just i couldn't let go i knew i didn't deserve it i wanted to i documented it not only to remind myself but in case any legal action was to be taken in the future to protect myself that's also what i did and i'm so glad i documented everything because um after our our breakup and this is another part of narcissistic abuse and, and relationships with narcissistic abuse is there's a whole turmoil after you break up with the person. There's a whole process after you break up with the person. And part of that process is missing, wondering what, like what you could have done better, just like in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And me looking back to those photos, listening to myself talk. Um, I also journaled. Um, looking at all that, I, I realized, okay, I don't want that again. And later on in the relationship, towards the end of the relationship, I would look at the photos and be like, no, this is not, this isn't going to stop. Look at how already it's progressing. Yeah. So what made you like, was it after a few times getting abused? You're like, I'm going to start taking pictures. Like I'm going to start recording. Cause some people, like you said, they don't even start doing that. Ever do it. Yeah. Um, As soon as it started to become a really big issue, as as far as the the bruises went, I started recording as soon as, or p- taking pictures as soon as they were visible. Mm-hmm. And I started to kind of see, um, as yeah, that, as, as soon as it become notable. And when I would have the recordings of myself talking to myself, it was because I was so emotionally um, drained or so emotionally just, I, I needed some sort of outlet. I needed, I couldn't call my family because I didn't want to worry them. Um, my, my family actually is barely learning about this. My little brother was the first one I really like opened up to because, um, him and me are really close and my friends, like they knew something was going on, but I felt like I disappointed them. I let them down. I felt like they're tired of hearing me complain about him. They're tired of hearing me, watching me cry. Um, I felt that way. I'm, I know that they didn't, but that's how I felt. And that's how he made me feel. And since I had no outlet, I would just like talk to myself. <laughs> yeah. So what I know you, you said, you told your brother first a little bit, what was going on? What was his initial reaction? Um, he, so 
a little backstory. My little brother actually lived with me when my ex moved in with me. So he actually met him mm-hmm. and um, he moved back to Idaho and I showed him the pictures. He, he, he never liked them. We would talk about him. He's like, oh, that motherfucker and stuff like that. But when I finally opened up about the actual abuse, I showed him the pictures and he started to cry. Dang. And my little brother's um, 23 and it's like seeing him cry, like, it's, it's, it sucks <laughs> yeah I, I mean imagine like i i know my uh my little sister at the time too before she met geo geo he's an awesome guy like amazing i love him uh but her ex before that uh she wouldn't tell me exactly everything that was going on but then when she did like mm-hmm. i was she, she would always be like it 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 sucks because like you can't do any. I'm like just leave, just leave. You know, like that's our initial reaction. But you, you have to realize like there's there's a lot more holding your back. And then like she, I'm pretty sure it was tough at first mm-hmm. trying to mention like what was going on. You know, so because I know a lot of people are gonna say right now. Well, as soon as you documented, I was gonna bring this up to you. As soon as you started documenting, why didn't you go yes. and tell somebody and report it? Um, I just I was hoping so bad that he would change. I was hoping so bad. And then another manipulation tactic or thing that went along with this is that me and him would travel or we would go to concerts. We would go to shows. Um, he was the one that introduced me to the raving scene. Um, we went to EDC, my first EDC together and we would, um, we'd be, it, we surrounded our relationship up our our fixing of relationships to these events mm-hmm. we would like we're like okay we're gonna we're gonna work on this we're gonna go to uh we're gonna go to vegas together like and after vegas we're gonna everything's gonna get so much better we're gonna we're gonna treat each other better we're gonna do better and it, it also made it so hard because we had those special memories together it it made it so hard to let go so you and oh sorry no go ahead go ahead go ahead no, and then when I would document it, I, I, I didn't do it with my first intention being, oh, I'm gonna get his ass. He's gonna go to jail. It was more for me because another thing about me and in this relationship is I couldn't hurt him the way he hurt me. I couldn't lash because this is my personality. This is my personality. Like if I love you, I love you like more than you love yourself, and I am gonna not give up on you and I'm going to really try to help fix you or that was my mentality in this relationship and um he would he would he would basically it's called breadcrumbing um it's okay little signs here and there that they're going to do better and those little signs of hope I just grasped onto and then another thing he did with me um whether it be intentionally or not intentionally um the the thing about me here in Denver is I don't have any family here um, I'm out here by myself. Everybody lives in Idaho and in California. And um, after my divorce, I lost everyone that I moved out here with because I moved here with my ex's family. They completely cut me off. They stopped talking to me, which is it was weird because we don't always, we didn't have any ill will. Me and my ex-husband, like we're still great friends to this day. I adore that man. He is a great father and um, it just didn't work out between us. I lost everybody. And when I started dating this guy. He introduced me to his friends, his family. They were my people too. So it was so hard for me to let go because I had no one else. Dang. So you're, you're like out there. So you almost, you liked being surrounded by like all those people, you know, like you felt like included. Yes. Like, 
Absolutely. And I have such a big fucking heart that I love everybody. I love if I'm your friend, if you've been my friend for a week, I love you as if you've been my friend for a year. Like, and it was, it was so difficult. And then on top of um, everything, my ex is very popular. He is a very popular man here. A lot of people know him. We would go to clubs and walk right in. Like there'd be a line outside and we would walk right in and chill in VIP with like the main owner of the club and stuff like that. So I like that attention also. And it was um, hard to let go of that also. And when we'd go places, we would see his friends and they would meet me and they would be like, oh, you're so like, you're so sweet. And this is another thing that uh, kind of got me into it, too, was that they would tell me things like you're so much nicer than his ex. You're so much prettier than his ex. Like, I'm glad you're with him because they knew that I was a good person. And um, and so that that made it hard to have that kind of attention and people being like, oh, and me being me, I'm like, oh, you know, new friends. Yay. Mm -hmm. And like it was hard to let go. It was so hard to let go. And then his family loved me very much. And I love them to this day. Like I don't have any quarrel with his family and like his sisters here and there will send me messages and stuff like that. it was hard. It was hard because I loved I loved them very much. I loved everyone very much. Everyone involved, friend, family. Um, does there? Does, it's just really hard. Does his family know what he was doing to you? Uh, they know. His sister knows because towards the end of the relationship, because we. Another thing too is I did break up with him multiple times. I did ask him to leave multiple times. I did um, d- uh, block him and. And I did try to break up with him multiple times. Um, but towards the end, one of the last times I broke up with him, I went to her house and this was after our Vegas, um, after we went to Vegas together and he attacked me in Vegas. I got beat up in our hotel room and I had a black eye and I had um, rug burns on my arm. And I went to, she watched our, um, our do- my dog while we went to Vegas. I went to go pick him up we had gotten to an argument and I, I just opened up to her and she saw my black eyes and I just told her like, this is number seven and I can't do this with your brother anymore. And she was very sympathetic and she just apologized to me. And she told me, she's like, get away from him. Like just for you and your son, get away from him. And she, she knows how he is. Um, He actually has a prior history of this that I didn't really find out until afterwards that he he does this um or has done this to other people and his mom like I would go visit when we were in a relationship like I would go to their house and spend time with her and she would feed me and she could tell that we had just gotten to an argument because he he towards the middle like when his true colors show he was very mean to me and she was very sympathetic and she would sit there and like talk to me she didn't speak English but she she spoke to me through her daughter and they, we would we would have conversations that way. And she was very sympathetic towards me. Like she it's like they know how he is, but they can't they can't control him. And I'm sure it's hard for them because that's their brother. That's their son. And they love him very much. But they don't they don't know what to do. Did your like during t- this time, like you're obviously getting emotionally abused, physically abused. Um, did did your son ever catch on to it? Um, so my son, he, luckily he never saw me get hit. 
Um, and most of the times my ex would control himself enough to not hit me in front of my son. The worst he did do was push me down and my son ran into the room. But my son did hear, would hear him like, he wouldn't hear him when he would yell at me because he would control himself enough so he wouldn't yell too much at me. But he would hear, my son would hear him talking shit to me. And he knew that he made me sad and he knew that mommy wasn't, wasn't very happy. And yeah. Did he ever tell you anything? Like just, you know what I mean? Like um, almost to he, like leave him? He, he never did. My son was so, so young at the time that he, he um, didn't express himself that way to me. He never told me like, Oh, you know, leave, leave him. Don't, don't be with him or anything like that. But he didn't know I was sad. And if I was sad, he would come. Like if he was eating cookies, he would give me a cookie or he'd give me a hug or he'd give me a kiss and be like, mommy, don't be sad. Like, don't be sad. And he would like, why I tried my best not to cry in front of my son. I tried my damnest not to cry in front of my son. And there's less than a handful of times that I actually let the tears fall and he would just be sweet to me. And just don't cry, mommy. Mm -hmm. The only thing he did, one thing he did say about my ex is he would be like, gosh, because he, my son would call my ex bro. Like, Bro's mean, and then he'd walk off. Mm-hmm. And that's the most he would say to me. And he, how old is he now? He's seven and a half. He's gonna be eight. Um, oh, so another thing. The other reason why my son didn't really see very much too or experience very much of it either is because I, I share custody. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a lot of days where my son wasn't even with me. I share 50-50 custody with his dad. Okay. Dang. But the times that he was with me and it did turn into a situation, um, that's what would happen. Did, did he ever notice like your black eyes, your bruises, anything like that? Honestly, I I don't I don't think so. Um, and when I would go pick up pick him up from his dad, I would either put on makeup or, you know, um, hide my face, my hair, because I have long hair. I would put it in my face so he, his dad couldn't see it. And But as far as him seeing it, he never, like, told me, like, oh, what happened or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, he's that's just unfortunate. This, yeah, just that's little, like, probably started being normal for him, too, is the, which is a part of the problem, I think. And that was actually mm-hmm. something I wanted to ask, because in those pictures, it's not something that's easily, easily, that looked like it would be easy to hide some of those where you look pretty like you got you, you get pretty all. fucked up. How are you living? How are you going to work with that big ass eye and the big ass gashes and shit? Uh, I know. Um, so black eyes, you can't cover them with makeup. Like you, you can try really hard, but you, um, you can still see them. Well, I work in dental, so I, I wear a mask all oh. day, and I was able to cover most of them like that, so people couldn't really, couldn't really see the bruises. And as far as like the cuts and stuff on my arms, if they see them, I, um, I used to play soccer a lot. I stopped because of emotional reasons due to this situation and because of COVID. But at the time I was playing soccer and if they would see a really big bruise on my arm or a scrape, I would just tell them it was soccer. And actually, um, there was a couple of times that they, they did see the black eyes and they were pointed out and I would just tell them that it was, it was soccer. Do you feel like they, for most of the time I could get away with it because of the mask. Did they Sorry? did they ever ask if it was like something like is everything okay at home and yeah. shit like that? Yes. Um. The, so the doctors I worked for no, they didn't ask. 
Um, but my friends at work did. And I feel so fucking bad to this day to lie for lying to them. Mm-hmm. Um, because these are friends who are like my best friends now. And they would ask me like, what happened? Like, and they would even tell me like, don't lie to me. I'm like, no, seriously. Like I got hit in the face playing soccer. Like, no, don't worry. Because I felt like such a fucking failure. If I would have admitted it, it meant that I was a fucking failure. And I was letting this person do to me and do this to me. And I, I was so ashamed. I was so ashamed to admit it. So what was the last straw that where you finally decided to get out and to move on? Um, I, I finally, and it's actually a really crazy story. I got sick and tired. I, like I said before, I tried to break up with him so many times and, um, we went to, we went to Vegas and he, that situation, he beat me up so bad. I had a really bad black eye. He busted my lip. Um, he broke my phone. Um, when I went to Vegas, nobody could get in contact with me, um, at EDC because he smashed my phone and I lied to everybody. And I said that I broke it. Um, that was a huge, huge beating. I took to the point that I have neck problems still because of it. And I have to go to a doctor for it. I had to take, I, have, I don't anymore because it's gotten better, but I was taking medication for it. Um, I do like yoga stretches and stuff for it. I, I still have this pain. And after we went to Vegas and we came back, he started acting worse. He started not, he started doing his own thing. He started treating me even less and less with respect. And I would tell him like, okay, you don't want to be with me. Go ahead and leave. Go ahead and leave. What I didn't know was that he was setting himself up to leave me. And this is what a narcissist does. And this, this is another part of uh, being a narcissist is what they do is they get ready to leave you for somebody else. Who's going to give them whatever they want next, what, um, whatever they need, whatever, whether it be money um, I don't want to say power, but influence, anything like that. And I was so fed up with him just treating me like shit that one day I got, I got my shit, my, I guess my balls together. And I was like, fuck this. Cause he had gone, he was going out and partying and, um, he hadn't come home and I took the opportunity. I took all the anger I had, um, Oh, because he, he, he actually laid his hands on me again. After the Vegas, we came back. He, he hit me again. And at this, this beating, the police were actually called. My neighbors called the police because he was hitting me so hard and I was crying and screaming so loud. My neighbors um, called the police and he hurt my neck again. Um, and I remember this situation. He started crying out of anger and was hyperventilating and was like, I'm going to end up fucking killing you. I am going to kill you, Cassandra. I'm going to kill you. And that is something I will never forget. That is a situation that like, I hear that in my head, like him just crying out of, it wasn't even like he felt bad. It was crying because he was so angry and he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And um, after that, that situation, that's what really set the wheels turning. And I'm like, okay, how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to do this? Because, I knew I couldn't live this way anymore. And so he started doing his thing, partying and blah, blah, blah. I took the opportunity. I grabbed all his shit and I threw it outside and wrote him this long letter of goodbye. And the thing about my breakup with him is I didn't say anything like, fuck you. I hope you die or anything like that. It was actually really sad. I just told him, 
to get to a better place, not to do this to anybody else and don't do this to somebody who loves you. And I blocked him completely. The only reason why he didn't come back like the other times he did, he was already seeing somebody else. He was done he had, with you. He had been, he was done with me and he was getting ready to get rid of me. That's what he was doing. And I just beat him to the punch. Um, I, he, he, um, the reasons why he wasn't answering his phone, he was doing what he wanted because he was already dating another, somebody, his ex actually. And rewind. Hold on. We can't hear you. Sorry. Sorry I got a phone call. Oh, no, <laughs> rewind to, to the car accident. Mm-hmm. So you know how I said he got arrested? His ex arrested him for domestic abuse charges when she found out me and him were dating. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he went back to her. Um, she is a woman with a lot of influence, a lot of power, uh, a lot of money. Um, throughout the relationship, I paid for everything. I paid for our trips. I paid for the things he broke. I paid for, which is also another reason why I stayed because he would promise me to repay me. He, I have text messages where he's like, as soon as I get my car and start making money, I will start helping you and paying for everything I've done and paying and giving you the life you deserve, which is why I stayed. And um, yeah, I ended up finding out that he went back to that same, same person um, and he was already getting ready to leave me. What a piece of shit. And that was the only that was the only reason why he didn't come back to me. Otherwise, if he didn't have somebody else lined up, he would have been at my door. I'm sorry, I'm gonna fix everything, or you know, whatever his his manipulation tactic would have been. So, so oh sorry, go ahead. No, so 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 I'm gonna go back a little bit because I wanna I wanna get like a whole timeline here. So you're back in Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. So you said this is probably one of the worst times that he's he's put his hands on you. I think it was the first worst one. I, I would say all the beatings were pretty brutal oh, yeah, like once yeah. it got. But that was like a really big one because he destroyed the hotel room. He it, the, the people next to us in the rooms besides us were hitting the walls because I was screaming so loud. I what I was trying to call because I have a cousin who lives in Vegas. I was going to try to call her or the police because I was going to try to leave then. Mm-hmm. Um and he broke my phone. He literally looked at me, smiled, and like twisted my phone in half, and then commenced beating me more and was yelling things at me. Um, so I was. So my question sorry, is like, ahead. what set that one off? Because oh my gosh, yeah. This, um, so another another tactic he used with me, the tactic of oh you're not like my ex, you're not like my ex. Um, he was talking shit to me. We were getting ready to go to a club um, and meet up with his friends at a club. And he was just talking shit to me because I was taking so long to get ready. I'm a girl. I need some time to get ready. And he said something along along the lines of, well, then fuck you. I'm going to go party with my friends and some bitches and something like that. And he left the hotel room. I got pissed. I was like, oh, hell no. Okay, you're going to go party with other people. Go ahead. Take your shit with you. And so I threw his thing, like a handful of his clothes outside of the hotel room. He had told me in the relationship, um, he told me before um, that his prior relationship, that his girl, ex-girlfriend would throw his shit out and that he hated that. That was the trigger to him. Like, don't, and he would tell me, don't ever fucking touch my things. Don't ever throw my things out. I, in the moment, heat of the moment, I forgot that. And I threw a handful of his clothes out the door. When I went to go grab the things, I felt bad. Um, I opened the door, was about to grab his clothes, and he was standing there already, and he punched me right in the face. 
I fell back and that's when I scrambled to grab my phone. He twisted it and then it started just going on me. And he told me, I told you never to fucking touch my clothes. And um, yeah, he just, that's where I got my neck injury. <laughs> see, see, my thing is like, I remember a while back ago, right? Like uh, back when I had my, my house over there on 2nd Street. So we were having a yard sale and a car, like we're putting everything away. A car pulled up out of nowhere, and then this dude just turns over and starts, like, beating the shit out of the girl. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Mm -hmm. Like, I ran over there, like, to get this dude off, you know? And my thing is, like, mm -hmm. why would the people just be banging on the walls? Like, go and like help. they trying to get involved, yeah, trying yeah. to help someone. Please, please. Like, if you're ever in that kind of situation where you're a bystander, please do something. If somebody would have... Would have I wish and I understand why people don't like to get involved. I understand completely, but um, I, I've had people tell me now that they know what was going on. They're like, "Oh, if I would have known that you were getting black eyes for that reason, I was going to call the police." But I didn't want to get involved. If you would have done that, I, I, it would have helped me to really see that this is not okay. If the police would have gotten involved, or if somebody would have gotten involved, like it would have helped open my eyes. And I wished that those people that night they would have come to the like actually come come to the door because it 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 would have helped so much yeah cuz see uh when you were talking about earlier and like people were banging on the wall like what what is the banging going to do like it's not going to do anything like what they needed to do was actually go in and stop the guy you know uh even even maybe just somebody else walking in he would have just stopped you know like so i I think that what they did do was call like complaint to the front desk because um, we ended up staying. It was my first EDC and that was another reason why I toughed it out. Like we had this whole vacation uh, that again, like I, so I ended up this, I know it's stupid. People are like, Oh my God, why did she pay for it? I paid for it. Um, it was over $2,000. I'm like, fuck this $2,000 vacation. I'm just going to tough it out and stay here. But um, every day that we were there, the hotel, front desk they would come into our room and they told us the first time they did it you can't stop us from coming in we have to come in and do a security check and they would walk in like pick up the phone do something to it and put it down but and in the moment I thought that it was a security check to make sure people weren't overdosing or anything like that hindsight looking back at it now I think I, I know that it was to check on me and to check on us and that's what that's what they did well I'm glad they or at they, least it was something, yeah. Yeah, because uh, I, I was about to say they probably heard about that for, that night, and then they started to come and check on you. So, I mean, that happened, right? Because you said mm -hmm. as soon as you came back is also when he put hands on you again, and when he told you, uh, you know, that he was going to kill you. What started that fight, mm -hmm. that argument? Because I want people to get to know, like, it, it can be like every little, like little things that. Every so this is another thing too. Um, that argument started because we just got back from Vegas. He drove all the way, he drove all the way back and he was sleeping. And while he was sleeping, his phone kept going off. And at this point in the relationship, there's already doubts. There's been situations where I'm suspecting he's speaking, he's talking to other girls. Um, the video where I sent you where he destroyed my, my apartment was because I took his phone because I suspected he was talking to other girls. And, um, this situation, he's sleeping on the couch and I, I finally like I picked up the phone and I looked and there was a picture of him and another girl. 
like laying down and I was just like, what the fuck? And I asked him and I woke him up out of his sleep. I was like, what the hell is this? What the hell is this? Because another thing uh, with the picture is he had a haircut, um, a specific design. And he was, he's the type of guy who used to like get the designs in his hair. And it was the time he was, he was with me. And I confronted him about it. And since I woke him up out of his sleep, he just went ham on me and started hitting me again. And he like grabbed my hair and slammed me to the floor. And the whiplash from that is what hurt my neck. And I was trying to get away from him and he wouldn't let me get away. My, my beatings from him consisted not from me trying to hit him back. I was always trying to get away. I was always trying to leave. I was always trying to get out of this situation. And when we would get into arguments, it was the same thing. He would never let me leave. He would never let me leave. He'd start talking shit to me. We start arguing. And I would tell him, okay, I'm done. I'm going to, I'm leaving. Let me go. I'm leaving. And he wouldn't let me leave. And in the relationship, it started that way. We would have our arguments and he wouldn't let me leave until he told me the last word. And then it started getting physical and um, he would physically refrain me from, from leaving and in that he would start hitting me dang so after that is when you said that you completely like threw his stuff out and he already had a another girl obviously his ex what did you start doing in order to, mm-hmm. to start healing you know what i mean because I, I know you're weren't fine from one day to the other you're not and with this type of a relationship with the narcissist you are so brainwashed and so conditioned to think that it was your fault your self-esteem is so shot. I had low self-esteem, well, lower self-esteem when I before I met him. He completely destroyed it. He completely destroyed it. When he would um, emotionally abuse me, he would tell me things that nobody fucking is going to ever want you. You've had a kid. Your body's destroyed. Um, everybody thinks you're a fucking joke. Uh, nobody's going to be around you because you're too depressed and um, stuff like that. He brainwashed me. And when I finally got him out, that was only the beginning because um, I had put so much of myself into the relationship, trying to heal him. I gave him so much love and so much of me. I no longer had an identity once he was gone. He was my life so much that once he was gone, I didn't, I, I know, I knew that I need to heal. And I, in my head, I was like, okay, man, I, this is good. He's gone. The abuse is over. But emotionally there was so much turmoil and he, he um, continued tormenting me in the sense of, so narcissists, when they get rid of you, not only will they get rid of you, they'll make sure that you are not good for the next person. So part of his abuse was getting me ready to be completely destroyed so that the next, so I can't be happy after him. He's going to be happy after me. But I'm not going to be happy after him. And he immediately started posting pictures of him and his ex or his girlfriend on these trips. Um, He went to New York. He went to Orlando. He went to all these vacations knowing that he owed me money and lived this. this, And it's my fault for looking. I'm not going to lie. It's my fault for looking on, on the Facebooks and stuff like that. But he planted that to destroy me. So it would be so much harder for me to get back on my feet. And I, um, I just had to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. I cried every single day on the way to work. I would cry on my lunch break and I would cry on the way home for months, 
for months on end. I, I, I had no self-esteem. Um, I, all I could hear was the things he said in my head and seeing him with, in his new relationship, even though I knew it was better for me, it was still like, well, what could I have done to have changed him? Did she change him? Maybe she changed him. And there was something special in her that he didn't see in me. And for a long time, I struggled with that. I struggled with that. And, but this was prior to me finding out what a narcissist was. What really set me free was finding out and getting into narcissism and how the way that it works. That's what set me free. Prior to that, I just thought it was my fault or maybe we could have done something better. Maybe I could have loved him even harder. Maybe if I had just been more patient, maybe if I made more money, he would have chosen me. Um, but once I realized what was, once I, I learned what was really going on, that's when I began to break out of that. That's when I began to understand that it was not me. I'm not disgusting. I am not ugly. I am not. And I just worked on myself, reminding myself and looking at all of the good things of myself that to overcome all of that, because it was, it was tough. It is so hard after you leave the narcissist because, and they, they compare it to a drug. It's like you're on drugs for a while that you have the highs and the lows and you get so used to it that when it's it's done, you have a withdrawal. And that's very true. I don't think people realize like how it feels like being in the moment. And then afterwards, you can't just get over it because it was a relationship. It was somebody that you loved. And, you know, and then you start blaming yourself. You almost, you start blaming yourself saying like, oh, it was me. Like, especially if he found somebody else right away that can affect you in like various different types of ways. Mm -hmm. So my question to you is, because there's always people going through a similar situation and hopefully, you know, one of these girls or guys is listening. Uh, what would you tell them to help them get, you know, to, almost to show them that this is not normal. This is not like uh, these it, behaviors are not normal. This is absolutely not normal. And um, it's not. Love doesn't hurt. Love does not disrespect. When you love somebody, it's all, it's, it's pure. It's good. Love. This is not love. Like we get, we're so um, in this mentality of, oh, stick by my man through the thick and thin. Um, you know, relationships aren't perfect. We got to work on it. But no, when the person begins to disrespect and disregard your feelings completely, that's not okay. If you feel unsafe emotionally, physically with a person, it is not okay. People meant like, I guess people, men in general, everybody after a certain age, and we all read this all the time, a part of the brain stops developing. They are not going to change after that age. Nothing will change a person but themselves. You cannot love a person into changing. Um, you, um, you need to love yourself first. You need to love yourself the most. Nobody's going to love you more than you love yourself. You can't depend on another person to fix you, to save you. Like that's my huge thing with me now is, I, and I try to inspire the people and I try, and when I talk to other women and stuff like that, like you need to love yourself first. You are so beautiful. You, we all have our own individual things that make us so beautiful. And we need to see those things because nobody else is going to see them for us. And we don't, you don't deserve, no one in this planet deserves to be hurt. And especially by somebody that claims to love them, like 
you don't you don't deserve it. So what what I would say to people is just a few things is um if you're in your type of situation, you know, do the same things like uh mm-hmm. don't be afraid to talk to somebody cuz people want to help. Like if, if say I would have worked with you, right? Like we worked at the same mm-hmm. place, I would have been like, "No, like there's something going on. Like what's going on?" Uh don't be afraid to to ask or actually like get involved. Uh if if you see someone getting abused, like whether it be a guy or a girl, like go and like get in the way not i'm not necessarily going like beat the other person up but like go and try to help try to like get involved somehow yeah and so please please get involved and please don't give up on your friends if you have friends that are in shitty relationships are whether they're abusive or not don't one thing that really really helped me was my friends who never stopped listening to me and never stopped reminding me that of my worth and that this was not okay And it's another thing I want to tell people. If you have a friend who is constantly crying to you over this dude, please don't stop listening to them because you don't know what's actually going on behind closed doors. Um, You don't know the situation, but that support that you give, just listening, even listening, this helps so much. And if you know that there's an abusive situation, please do something about it. Please, um, please, because we as the victim, the victim or abusee, whatever you want to call us, don't have the strength to let go. We, we don't have the strength to let go at the moment. And, you know, hopefully, eventually they will. Like, I had the strength to let go, but there are people who don't. And you see them for years and years in these shitty relationships, and they just don't let go. I mean, there you guys have it. Like, she obviously went through this situation and is able and still... Like, cause I, I saw you posting pictures. You look a lot better. You know what I mean? Like you look happier and I don't know. I am night and day compared to like how I was before with that man and how I am now. Like this has been like as painful as it was, it was, it was also a blessing because it made me stop and evaluate myself what led it made me stop and think think to myself okay what led me to get into this situation so in that i i evaluated my traumas my past traumas my childhood traumas i began to look at my upbringing with my parents i did grow up in, in a very um unstable household i really um i did and it it cho- it took me to a a place where i needed to evaluate that and how it affected me and i needed to heal that it also made me look straight at myself. Like, am I really disgusting? Am I really this ugly person? And I was like, no, like, no. And it, it, it led me on a path to where I love myself and I come to embrace myself in a way like, oh my God, like I love myself. I've, you've seen my pictures, you guys seen my posts and stuff like that. It, it's night and day. And um, even in my life, I'm, I, I take life so much differently now um, I love life so much more now. I enjoy life so much more. I have so much more. I laugh even more the, than when before meeting this man. Um, it's it's it, in the end, it truly has been a, a blessing in disguise, I guess you could say, because it is it has taught me so much more than anything in my life. Like it has. Um, I'm trying to think of the the phrase. Can't think of it right now, but <laughs> no, 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 but we get it. But um, I'm glad you feel that way. But if you're currently in that situation, you need to get out. Like that's 
plain and simple. Like, Absolutely. If you're getting abused. If it you- doesn't get better. I was that girl who thought, oh, he's going to change. I can, this is not my man. My man's not, not the typical abuser you would think. They don't change. It gets worse. It gets progressively worse. So like, uh, like I mentioned before, I'm glad you were able to come on. That way you could share your story. Uh, hopefully, you know, it'll reach somebody that's going through a similar situation and help them get out. Um, because I know in the beginning you're, you get kind of scared almost to tell your story because you don't want to be judged. You don't want to be like, uh, oh, like, why didn't you just leave? Because you'll get that all the time. Mm-hmm. But oh, the best thing you can do it, and that you did is you came on here, you talked about it. People are going to judge regardless. and But you're going to get a lot of positive feedback for it. You know, I hope so. I know, I know, I will, and I know there's. I know people. It's so easy for them to say, "Why did you stay?" But just know that there's so much manipulation, brainwashing. There's so much that goes behind it. Um, so you know, be compassionate when you hear these stories and when you um, see these situations. Yeah, I mean, I think you came out of this a lot stronger because you know, just where I've known you since forever, growing up in the same neighborhood and everything, you were always a little. You were. Right now, you're even brighter than you were back then because you were always a lot more shy. You were kind of, you know, you just, you seem a lot happier than you did before him. It's almost like it took you that deep valley to come out and and be this ray of sunshine that you are now. So I'm really happy to see that that's who you've grown into. It really, it really did. Losing myself in him helped me to really find myself. Like, it really did. Mm -hmm. So I have a question for Rod, actually. Cause like I know you guys go way back. How do you feel after knowing what she been through? Like, cause I know you you didn't know right away. No, and I think that's that's another lesson to take from this is if you have a friend that you that's, that you feel that you're close and you're always in. I mean, Sandy and I were really close for a while. Then we've always been in some contact, some communication here and there. But for a while there, yeah, you, you were kind of off the radar, and it makes sense now why it was during those times. So if you've got a friend who you don't really know what they're up to and you used to be pretty up to date on what was going on with them, check up on them because it might be something like this. Yeah. It's like I feel like it's like a half guilt for me right now. I'm like, I never really hit you up. Like, hey, so what exactly is going on in your life now? Because it was, you know, I mean, I think I don't know. you probably agree. We were always in fairly good contact then for that while. I think I ever heard from you during those times. And then Mm -hmm. suddenly you're back on and suddenly we're texting each other every now and then and stuff so it's like yeah okay, she's back to life how, how did it feel, <laughs> i'm back how, how did it feel seeing those photos though like it really pisses you off you know because yeah. it's, it's like i said we grew up in the same neighborhood you i've known sandy since she was a little kid she was in kindergarten with bruce with my little brother and i remember that little girl and it's like you know when you when you're in these smaller neighborhoods especially small communities even though you might not always see the person, or you always kind of feel something—a little bit of a brotherhood. So it's it, it pisses you off. It's like they're doing this to someone you care about, someone that you know since a little kid. It's like seeing the, it's like a sibling. Mm-hmm. And I don't have mm-hmm. any sisters, but it's like if I saw someone like pictures of that on a sister or on a brother of mine or something, I feel that's that's the way it makes you feel. And then, and like I said, it makes you feel a bit guilty. I'm like, man, I never fucking checked up on Sandy during those years. Like during that time, don't like I understand and like don't feel guilty. Like I, I, I don't want you to feel feel bad in that sense. Like it's just you hide it so well, and I think people do hide it so well. So I think it's also a bit. Yeah. That's why I'm like check up on your friends because you never know. 
you got to have to have be, be a little more heightened on on your sensibilities like maybe something's going on why haven't i heard from you know whoever it is in so long yeah especially like this yeah. like you never know what's going on uh you know like i said like my sister would hide it too as well you know what i mean and then finally when yeah. she started telling me more about it anytime she needed me like she was like hey like i need you to come over boom i'm there dropped everything there mm-hmm. you don't know what's going on to me like I, I didn't like her ex at all but i would talk to her tim because she liked him but then as soon as she started talking about what was going yeah. on and like what was and i was there all the time and like this situation like when you told me about it i'm like wow like you almost like want to do something about it but you can't like you're like what am i yeah, what like, the hell am i supposed to do yeah. or what am i supposed to say like there's only so much you can say like i can only say sorry so much like, you know like i Sorry you went through that, but it's, but I'm glad you were able to talk about it. You know, like, like I said, um, if you ever need someone to talk to you, obviously you have Rod, you have myself, like you have my number. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a call. (laughs) I I know when we talked about it the first time, uh, she started getting emotional over the phone as well. Don't apologize like for crying. Like it's, it's, you went through a traumatic experience. Like it's, it's, it's normal to have emotion. You know, so, but I'm glad you're doing a lot better. You look a lot better. Yeah, well, thank you. And, uh, you know, <laughs> hopefully people get, gain something from this. And even if, and if you're that dude no, being thanks. that guy to that girl. Check yourself. This treatment. Go get fucking yeah. counseling or some shit. Just, just know if you are a guy that is doing this to a girl, um, what goes around comes around. What goes around comes around. And if you believe in the same God I do, he's watching you and you're going to have to answer. And I have um, my experience with this has absolutely been that what goes around comes around. And um, yeah, just <laughs> just, want, you know, and be careful because God counts every tear. Exactly. And if your ex hears this. You're a piece of shit, dude. <laughs> Fuck that, like, dude. You are a piece of shit. <laughs> Finally, somebody says it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thank dude. you. Yeah. Because people over here don't... I don't know what it is that they... They love they, him, huh? Yes, they do. Because he, he's going to... He's very... He, he's going to hear the, that you did a podcast about it. I hope he hears it. I hope you hear me. I hope you hear me calling you... You're a piece of shit. Like, fuck you for putting your hands on Cassandra. Like if you got a problem with it, I'm an. He'll idol. hear it too because I'm sure he keeps <laughs> tabs on he, you still. So he'll find, yes, he'll find out. Yes, and he's actually in his own little limbo now because of the girl that he um, cheated on me and left is apparently. I don't know. This is through the grapevine, so I might be completely wrong. But he is um, facing charges from her now and facing jail time from her. Oh, so he he fucking deserves it. <laughs> he deserves it that and more. But is there anything yeah. you, you want to tell the people listening before we before we go? To the people going through it, you are stronger than you know. You are so much stronger than you know. Um, and love yourself first. Love yourself the most and be compassionate with yourself. Don't stop reaching out. Don't, don't stop telling your story. To the people who know people going through it, don't stop listening. Please don't stop listening. Don't get annoyed. Don't be like, oh, my God, here she comes crying again, because it helps us so much to talk and talk about it and to hear from ourselves how wrong the situation is Um, to the people who've never been through it. Please be compassionate. Please be understanding. This can be your mom. This can be your sister. This can be your cousin. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know how complex and how heartbreaking it is to be with 
this type of person, a narcissist, I would, you know, suggest or advise everybody to go online and read about narcissistic personality disorders because it is not your typical, oh, this guy's an asshole. He doesn't treat me good. There is so much manipulation behind it. There are so many mind mind games, brainwashing behind it that um, it's more than you know. It's more than you know. And just, you know, to you, thank you for being patient with me. Um, even though I'm over, like not, I'm quote unquote over it. Um, I'm still healing. I'm still healing. I'm, I'm doing great. And I'm really proud of myself, how great I've done. But there are days where I, like last night, I just sat there and cried. I, I can't help it. It's still so heartbreaking. And it's, I'm still so hurt. I'm still so hurt from it. And I have my moments where I, I just break down. So I appreciate your patience with me and me getting ready to do this with you and for listening and helping me share my story. And yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. And, and I appreciate it. And I know a lot of people listening are going to appreciate it as well because you're helping a lot of people. So. Thank you again for coming on and those listening. We'll catch you guys on the next one. We'll see ya. See ya. Thank you guys. Love you all. Love you, Sandy. Love you too, Rod. <laughs>